step on up, sit down, twist off that bottle top, or crack open that can. And welcome to Porch Matters. This is Terry Cagle coming to you from my back porch. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. The name of this show is Authentic. On Porch Matters, our saying is this. Big issues or just a friendly conversation. No topic is off limits. We take pride in being able to talk about anything with each other in an open discussion. Open discussion is one of the only ways to learn. Your perspective could be changed. You could change the perspective of others. Friends and family, welcome back to another episode of Porch Matters. I'm glad you're here. I'm just sitting back here listening to the birds chirp and the frogs go crazy in the trees. I got some thunder in the distance, too. Has this weather not been crazy? I spent most of the day yesterday and probably way too much money up in northwest Alabama with Stacy and her son Xander. Apparently there is a chlorine shortage and she was able to track down some chlorine for her pool. Then we went over to Sheffield over to Jack's Dollar Deals. If you never heard of this place, they get random stuff, dump a lot of stuff in bins, and then you get to go through said bins to see if you want any of it. On Fridays, everything is $5. Saturdays, $3. Mondays, $2. And then Tuesdays is $1 up until about 2 o'clock, and then the price goes down to 50 cents. Left there and went to the Golden Corral, where I made an absolute pig out of myself. Then we went to the local theater in Florence and saw Black Widow in 3D. I thought it was a good movie, but not a great movie. To me, it filled in some holes to the story of Black Widow as to her origins, and then you got to see Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow one last time. Not as many people in the theater watching it as I figured it would be. They must have been in the other theater watching the new Fast and the Furious. I'm really looking forward to that movie. Love the Fast and Furious movies, even though the stories have kindly went over the top. Stories and characters is what got me invested in that franchise. I really appreciate a good story. Speaking of stories, on this episode, I was lucky enough to have a sit-down conversation with Don Dixon. She is the author of Faux Finish, available at Amazon, Target, or wherever you find your books. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you do too. In the interview itself, I don't really consider it an interview. I consider it more of a conversation. You can hear her passion for what she does come through the microphone. I'm really grateful I was able to get that conversation with her. Without further ado, let's get started. I am on location for the first time since the tiny episode. If you don't know which one I'm talking about, please check the archives. I am here with the wonderful Don Dixon. Don, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you very much for meeting me on such short notice. I appreciate your doing the interview. So how's life? It's pretty good this year. Pretty good this year? This year. Well, I finally reached a goal that probably started about 15 years ago, or maybe even when I was a little girl, I published a book. Really? Yes. Took a while. Hey, sometimes the best things take the longest. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, life intervenes and you get busy and you put things off and situations occur and you get emotional and now I'm old enough not to get so emotional anymore. I don't care. 
Hey, just talking about putting things off and putting things like that, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. I, I could sit here and talk for two hours about that. Putting things off, yes. I'm, I am a fantastic procrastinator. Uh, or uh, the fancy word would be dilettante. Ooh, Means I like that. You kind of pretend like you do all this stuff, but you're a little, maybe a little bit of a fraud. Well, I'm not a fraud. <laughs> I don't mean that in the bad sense. Right, I don't. I don't mean that in the bad sense. Um, I know when I was growing up and in high school, I was always given, everybody always thought I was really smart. And I'm above average. But I probably just let them go ahead and believe that. Right. <laughs> if I was push came to shove, I was good at Trivial Pursuit. So everybody thought I was really smart. Trivial Pursuit. Or, I, I can't even say that. <laughs> trivial Pursuit. Or I um, you know, read a lot, which has always been probably my greatest passion. Reading. I'm trying to get back into reading. Oh, it's just wonderful. You go into a different world. Yeah, and my whole thing whenever I read was whenever I start into a story, that story has to suck me in. Right away. So you should read Jack Reacher. um, I've enjoyed the movies. I hadn't hadn't read the novels yet. um, I actually, my brother got me into Lee Child and Jack Reacher, and I've read 12. They're very addictive. You put it down, and they're all different stories, but there's always a, a line that continues through them. Um, and so I'll read anything from Jack Reacher to Jane Austen. Okay. Um, I love almost everything, except maybe if it's about science or something like that. But I've actually read Tom Clancy. Love it. I love the detail. Right. Wonderful detail. The last, um, the last book that I read was actually an autobiography. And those are great. Yeah, I really enjoy autobiographies. Um, it was Nikki Six's heroin diaries, actually. If, oh, you if you've never read no, that, I, haven't. I, I, I recommend that for That's everybody. That's a different world. I, I mean, re- yeah, I recommend that for everybody. Uh-huh. It was literally a year of his life in the 80s during the high day, during the big days of Motley Crue. Uh-huh. Um, in between, I think it was Girls, Girls, Girls uh-huh. and their, uh, Dr. Feelgood. Okay. Whenever he actually OD'd and they died, he died and they brought him back. Oh gosh! So he talks about that. He does. Well, no, I'm I'm not going to be doing any experimenting like that. No, no experimentation. <laughs> I am not recommending anybody experiment it. Experiment with it. I'm just saying that book just to be able because you know whenever I worked in the corrections, I've experienced people from mm-hmm. you know that were. I've experienced being around people that was in an addictive state. Yeah. So, yes, I I saw that, and that that whole thing was really that book was just fascinating to see a guy of his stature. And that's wonderful that he wrote it. Yes. He didn't have to. No, he He didn't. Probably didn't need the money or the fame or anything like that. No. He felt compelled. Right. And I think to write a book, you have to have a passion for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I've always had, as I said, a passion for reading. And it sort of segues into writing. And actually, reading a lot feeds that. And uh, I probably started reading True Crime when I went to live with my grandmother. And uh, she had detective magazines all over the house. I mean, True Crime magazines. And I'd read them and be terrified. She right. thought they were great. Um, so that's when I got interested in that. And then, you know, 
by middle school, I was reading historical novels and things like that. I worked, I didn't go to college right after I turned 18. I got married and uh, he went to college. He went to law school. And, um, but I always wanted to. So I would read Cosmopolitan. They'd have these sassy essays in there. And I liked that. I said, I can write this. You right. Know, it was during Women's Lib and Gloria Steinem. And I'd send in an essay or an article I thought was very clever and get the rejection letter back. Just a little form about that big, sorry, you know. And Thanks for your time. We're not interested. <laughs> we are not interested in you. So I decided, and I was a bank teller and a customer service rep, and that was fine, but just wasn't a passion. Right. And so uh, I decided I needed to go back to school and get training. So that's when I went to Chapel Hill. Um, and it was it's a great story because I didn't think they'd want me. I was 24. I applied in March. In May, I got a letter back and said, come on. Uh, we'll get this grant, we'll get that grant. Just drive up here. We'll find you a place to live when you get here. Just come to this building. And I was like, really? Somebody's going to do that for me? You know? So that's what I did. And so I was a journalism major, and I took a lot of English history courses too because that was another passion. But um, so I have a real special place in my heart for Chapel Hill, and that's one reason why I set my book there. It was almost like... If you know the term alma mater, meaning nurturing mother, that's what that place was for me. Um, because of my personal life, I didn't have a normal mother. Uh, and so I had a stepmothers. Um, I think that was my mother. You know, I mean, they took me, it was, they took me, they paid for me. I, I said, I have bills. That's okay. You know, just come on. So I've loved them ever since. And then, of course, they have a great basketball team, or they did. Well, they still do. Until this they... past year, they're not going to have anything. But anyway, it's okay. Uh, I'm still with them. Oh, yeah. You know. And so They're one of my favorite college basketball Yeah. Players. And, I'm, of course, that was during Dean Smith. We all loved him and then Roy. Um, so I wanted, to, I wanted to write a love letter to the school eventually, you know. But in the meantime, between school and that, I – I wrote articles for the Charlotte Observer. I wrote articles for the Charlotte News. Some of them were, you know, kind of marketing articles about a company or something. Some were articles about personalities in town. Um, Charlotte Magazine. I wrote a big article for McCall's one year and um, thought that would get me on my way. Well, no. It was funny because I called. I happened to have a personal connection to the actress, Andy McDowell. So I call, I sent a letter to the, to McCall. Would you like a personal? And she was huge back then. This was mm -hmm. after she had a movie, Sex Lies and Videotape and all that. Tarzan. And I said, would you like a personal interview with her about her family life? Um, never heard, never heard, never heard. So I called like at 4.30 on a Friday and I said, I can't believe y'all don't want this interview. I just can't believe it. You know. And finally she, the, the, the managing editor down there said, can you really get the interview? I said, I wrote to you and said I could get it. So she immediately, you know, I got an airline ticket and they sent me up to, Andy was living up there near West Point at that time and uh, did a big article. So that was great. Of course, that was so long ago. <laughs> and I thought I'd get these other articles because I found out that I was uh, by, by marriage related to Dixie Carter, who was one of the designing women. And she was willing to do something with me. I couldn't get anybody to take it. I guess they don't believe you. You have to have some ins and outs. Yeah. 
So I did a lot of writing, and um, actually, then I decided I loved, I would want to write screenplays. So I did an online UCLA screenwriting course and learned how to do that and wrote well, a screenplay about an English queen who I thought had gotten totally dissed by all the women, I mean, men historians out there. And uh, I still want to market that, you know. It had a couple of honorable mentions. So I was always pushed a little bit and encouraged and then shot down, you know. Um, I figured... Steve Moon, if you're listening to this, I need to introduce you to. <laughs> okay. Hey. Who's he? He is a man that actually writes and directs his own movies. Oh. He came onto the show a few episodes ago. Uh-huh. And to talk about his show, or his movie, rather, I mean, screen- Out of the Fight. Okay. Screenplays, they're really a challenge, because what you're trying to do is create the world without any words, almost. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how do you create this period movie without any words that people don't know about her? But, of course, people have memory of seeing all these period films and, you know, King Arthur, things like that, Gladiator. Right. Um, and so, um, I, and I have another screenplay I think is commercial, so which wouldn't cost as much money as a period movie. <laughs> <laughs> which is, I went out to L.A., I went to a pitch festival, I was terrified. Um, so I did all that and then kind of got discouraged again. Meanwhile, I was working full-time. I worked for uh, what is now Wells Fargo for back before it was Wells Fargo for years uh-huh. and years in corporate communications in editing. I edited research very, very dull, you know. So I had my Pays little sidelines. It did pay the bills, the bills and it was an easy way to pay them, you know. Um, so eventually I said, okay, well, let me. I did try to write a novel, I had a writer's group and they had. They were all in writing process, so we we critiqued each other's stuff. And I know the day when they were going to finally critique the five chapters I'd written about um, this murder that occurred. They just kind of looked at me, and I knew it wasn't good. <laughs> I mean, nobody gave me any encouragement, and I just felt like I needed a little more training after that. So I did an online novel writing course. And this lady and it was great I mean we did like a, a page at a time and then you'd write a chapter and I think with her I, we got through like six chapters of this um, and then of course it was over I said I think I can go from there because I could have maybe I should have stayed with her maybe I'd have gotten it done faster but um, kind of at that point uh, my, my husband who we, we've been together about 30 years decided it was time to split so I went through an emotional roller coaster. And I'm not saying that's an excuse. Maybe that's when you should be writing, but I didn't feel like it. Because this was kind of a, like I said, a humorous uh, mystery. And so, you know, it just took a while to kind of get back into it. And I do a little at a time. And I, at that point, I'd gotten to like, when we separated, chapter 17. So I was far along. Right. And it, you know, needed work and everything. But uh, another writer's group, we got together after a couple of years. We critiqued each other's work. They were all doing something. They liked, you know, you mm-hmm. do. You sure you don't like it because you like me? Really? You know, and, and that's that. That's what happens then when you... When you're, they, wor- you're worried that because they got to know you, you as a person, as that, a person, yeah. they're just trying to tell you they liked that it. they liked it because they, they to really, make you feel good or worried to hurt your feelings. They did, 
But then I knew they they wouldn't do that because that would give you false hope or anything. Right. Uh, one of them had written a series of mysteries, um, and she was also writing some nonfiction true crime stuff set in North Carolina. Uh, another one had written a book on music, uh, a, a nonfiction book, where she'd interviewed several musicians and gathered it together. Another one was a college professor, and she was writing kind of a uh, an intellectual mystery in the university, you know, which was really good. And another one had written a mystery and was working on a couple of others. So I knew they wouldn't lie to me, even though they loved me. We love you, but right. they were, they would tell me what they liked. Then they would tell me what kind maybe wouldn't work. One of them was a lawyer. So she could tell me, I said, is, is this a courtroom scene that looks real? I had a short courtroom scene in here. Um, and I actually went to the little courthouse in Hillsborough, North Carolina, to the juvenile trial or whatever and watched that. Um, so research is a lot of fun. I could do that all the time. <laughs> it is fun. <laughs> but translating it is a little more difficult. I, too, have always had a small passion for writing. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I had James Phillips on the show, shout out to you, James, if you're listening to this. He's actually the man who runs the Daily Mountain Eagle now. Oh, okay. And we yeah. kindly we kindly grew up together mm-hmm. and and hearing his story about how he got into it. Yeah. You know, it was always nice. And James was really instrumental in my high school football career, as well as we talked about on the show. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, writing, I really got into writing in high school mm-hmm. and then into college in English 101. I excelled at the word. In high school and younger, you know, English was one of my weak subjects. Mm-hmm. But after I got into college... I excelled at it for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And then I really enjoyed writing essays and, and term papers. And Everybody hates writing them, but I I mean, love you can them. write a whole book of essays. No. One of my favorite writers, um, she actually was also a screenwriter. She wrote When Harry Met Sally and Hopeless, Sleepless in Seattle. Seen both Nora of those. Efron. Those are good. Oh, and she passed away a few years ago and it killed me. But she has several books of essays. And that was another reason I read her and I went, I can do this mm-hmm. because it was sort of like, it's just everyday stuff. She'd write about why she hated carrying a pocketbook. Well, you wouldn't think that that would be an earth shattering subject, but she could write about it and make your day. Right. Um, and I like doing that kind of thing too. So, um, you know, eventually we got to the end of the book. They all read the last thing. And I didn't give it back to them too. Cause I was, I mean, I've got stacks and stacks of drafts where they've all marked them and everything. I don't know what I'm saving them for. But uh, um, then I started going to conferences and trying to pitch it. Um, and through a couple of them, they one knew an agent or a, a, um, an ad, editor to press, sent it to her. You, you send it to these different people and they encourage you, but then, you know, you get the rejection eventually. Well, I would save them too. I mean, especially now that you've got more experience under mm-hmm. your belt and you've had a little bit more training or whatever, the ideas that you had for those, you could tweak them now. Oh, yes, and definitely. Be, and be able to use them now. Definitely. The the book I, that was so ghastly back whenever, it's definitely a, it's a good story. So, you know, I will. Um, finally, I was talking to my best friend, who was like my first roommate in Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. It's always that connection back to there. And... um she was talking to me, and she said, just publish it, Dawn. I said, 
like you mean self-publish it? She said, whatever, just do it. She said, you just need to get it done. You've been doing this for a long time. Put it out there. You're afraid to put it out there. I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm afraid. And I'm, you know, afraid of, but then again, what could happen if it got panned? Just get panned. It wouldn't be a big deal. I tried. And I also read this man who's this wonderful philosopher. He's got a Netflix special called Joseph Campbell, Legends and Stories and How Stories Come About. And if you do what you want to do, his thing was follow your bliss, whatever it is, because then you will sparkle. You will you will spark other people. They will um, latch onto you. It opens doors for you if you follow your bliss because you are driven. And um, so between him and my girlfriend yelling at me, I um, said, okay. So what happened was there was a small publisher near where I live now, near Georgetown, South Carolina. And she and I had actually seen two books. I'd gone to a book signing, and I had a friend who had published through her. Right. Uh, One was a memoir, actually, and one was about the Gullah tradition down in South Carolina. And uh, the books looked good. They kind of looked like this, you know, paper, they're a mass paperback or whatever. They looked all legitimate and everything. So I gave her a call finally. I said, would you be willing to kind of look and see if you're interested in publishing? She came back and said, yeah, we love it. And she had like another writer, uh, author, who edited it too. And she loved it. And I said, you do? <laughs> Just don't believe it. You don't believe it. Um, like you didn't see any huge plot hole that somebody's going to call me on or this, that, and the other. That's because you're, you are your worst critic, just like me. Yeah. Just like me. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> it's just like with this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, people say. You do a good job with this podcast. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, you that. do. You, I enjoy and, But I'm, I'm one of those types, just like with your group that mm-hmm. you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I like to surround myself with people that will say, I love you, but <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the way I am as a person. Mm-hmm. If I don't like something and you ask me what I think, I'm going to show you the respect. And it's what it and is. And I'm going to tell you what I think. Yeah. I will try to be as tactful as possible, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell you what I think. Yeah. So I get it. I think that when I wrote this, this book, I switched to first person, and that helped. Big help, I'm Huge sure. Huge help, because it, 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 it stifles you in a way because you can't talk about what somebody else is doing over here. You have to see everything through her eyes. Exactly. And bring everything to her that way. It's easier to connect uh-huh. if it's a first person view. And I decided that... I didn't have, because I was working full time, nine hours a day, I was on the computer all day. So that that was part of it. I just didn't want to be on the computer all night, too, a lot of times. The older you get, the less you want to do that. I understand. <laughs> I mean, you're going blind, your feet are swelling. Um, and I decided that, okay, I'll write about this woman. She did used to belong to a country club. I knew about that because my ex-husband and I, had belonged, he had belonged to a country club since he was a child. So I was there all the time. It was like Caddyshack, you know? I mean, it was kind of like that. And that's humorous, right? Right. And I didn't have the time or money to go off and do a lot of other research somewhere else to England or something like I would like to do. 
So I knew the country club. I knew you might want to murder your one of your ex-husbands. Uh-huh. Not saying that she ever did. He's alive. He's, <laughs> he's so alive. Okay. I'm such a good person. I would never do that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, um, and I loved Chapel Hill, so I wanted to feature it. And I love murder mysteries, so I wanted to craft one. It was fun. Oh, my gosh. Whenever you wrote a paragraph or you finished a chapter and it had a good ending or a good transition to the next one, it's like, yes, yes, I would be so happy. And then, you know, during the years, I was like, well, Dawn, you need to go back and finish this, you know. And what was also fun was all the different doodads and story ideas you had was to go back and cut and pair it. Mm. Pair the conversation. It's fun writing dialogue. Yes. Because nobody speaks in perfect sentences all the time, and so you'd cut off grammar. You'd cut off the first two or three words. You don't say, you don't say, Terry, what are you doing today? Terry, can we go out to eat? Terry, can we do a podcast? You cut all that off. And, and doing going back and cutting dialogue, that's fun. Especially if you're in the South. Yeah, it's fun in the South. Um, what are you doing? <laughs> you don't go over here? <laughs> yes. What about over here? Well, you don't too? And I did. I mean, I have different characters in the book where I had different voices. I have kind of a southern guy um, named Virgil. I have um, a Cuban-American girl who's her partner in work. But she's, a, you know, she's been here a long time, so I definitely didn't want to stereotype anybody because people are people. They're human. It was fun doing her. I probably had her Latined up too much while I was doing it. I mean, so? when I, yeah, I probably had it too frou-frou, and I didn't want her like that. So I, I went back and changed her. I had the country club parents, the mother who is kind of like bitchy, um, snooty, a little bit snooty. But she has a character arc too, so she comes around a little bit. Character arcs are fun. You've got this person here at this point in time, for whatever reason, not in a good place. And then, you know, you bring them around to a better place. Well, I mean, I think that's a really good thing that you did there because if you're basing your story out of Chapel Hill, Chapel Hill, I've never been there, but from what I've gathered, oh of my it, gosh, I've never been there. Don't hold that against me. <laughs> I'm that. holding that against you. Okay, no. but every, I'm sure it's kind of like Alabama, or well, I, I was going to say it's kind of like a melting pot because there's so many different people different. wanting to come to the legendary North yeah. Carolina, yeah. you know. That you would have a lot of different, like I said, you mel- like a melting pot, different cultures Especially, interacting and everything mm-hmm. else. And I think that's great. And this story was set at, around the week of March Madness. So you've got people in the beginning, and they're also worried about the Duke game. Um, Caroline was playing Duke. Like Saturday, it starts on like Monday. So you've got conversation a little bit back and forth. Not a lot, because I, I knew people that might like a mystery might not like basketball. But... As I said to somebody, I said, I like basketball. I'm a woman. I'm interested in college basketball. And one of the people that actually read the book said she enjoyed it because she loves baseball. And and you have a sports fanaticism. Mm -hmm. So the family in this story has it. That's just like here. Yeah. You know, up there, it's basketball. Yeah. Down here, we're going to ask you if you're an Alabama or Auburn fan before we ask you your name. Exactly. Exactly. That's how it is. You know, if, if Nick Saban goes out and pees in a bush. Yeah. 
you know, we're going to hear about it on Sports Talk Radio <laughs> in the middle of Christmas. That's right. I mean, it's just the way it is. Yeah. And, you know, up there, same thing. Yeah. Different sport. Yeah. You know, I know that. Don't you know? Don't they camp out up there for a week at a time before before camped, Carolina I'm, and Duke well, play? Well, at, du- at Duke they do, and yes, I think now it's a much easier than when I was there. We camped on the sidewalk for this was for Virginia tickets actually, basketball tickets. But wind chill made it three degrees. We had a sleeping bag. I almost died that night to get a basketball ticket. And it was a horrible one too. But I mean, that's that's a fan, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that is a fan. <laughs> I mean, I was in my 20s when I did that. I looked like 50 when I got up the next morning. <laughs> I said, why am I doing this? <laughs> why am I here? I'm so crazy. But um, I love my team. Yes, I love my team. Mm. And there's a sequel I'm working on. There is a sequel. Yeah, I end it with a little bit of a, uh-oh, what's going to happen next thing? Not, not too bad to where you feel cheated, but, you know. Just a little bit of, well, I wonder what she might do next or something. Ladies and gentlemen, the book that she is describing is Fox Finished. Did I say that right? Faux Finished. Faux Finished. You know what faux finishing is? Please tell me. It's where, faux means false. Mm -hmm. And so it's where a decorative painter takes a PVC, which I tried to do one time, uh, column and Paints it to look like marble. That's a faux finish. Or okay. you put on your walls. I did the, I did some of this. That was another reason I chose this. Um, you try to make your bathroom wall look like it's in Tuscany. It's stuccoed okay. with different colors. So there's all kinds of faux finishing in it. And that's what she does for a living. And that's why she's in the club that night when something bad happens. <laughs> okay. If you're interested, if you love to read, if you love mystery novels, please go out of your way to find Faux Finished by the wonderful Miss Don Dixon. And we are thankful and very appreciative that you came on the show today. Thank you. And Big thanks to Don Dixon for coming on the show to share her story. Find Faux Finished at Amazon, Target, or wherever you find your books. My copy came in the mail this past week. I'm looking forward to reading it and then getting Don back on the show to talk more in depth about the book. If you are new to the show and like what you hear, hit that like, subscribe, or follow button and download the episodes in our archives. If this show has been a positive addition to your life, please rate the show and leave a review. won't take you but a minute and it really will help the show. Find us on social media by typing Porch Matters Podcast in the search bar. Word of mouth is still the best way of sharing. Pick your favorite episodes and share it with at least one person this week. There are a lot of people out there that have never heard of a podcast before. I sure would appreciate it. And I'll see you next time, right here on Porch Matters.